on this episode. And then she goes, come to my trailer. And we went in her trailer. We had a margarita. And I sat in there for like four hours talking to her. And it was awesome. She was great. And she was fine after that. Some people just, if they're like dogs, they need to pee on things. Like, they need to make it known how important they are. <laughs> Recorded live in the corner booth at the center of the Coachella Valley universe. This is Big Conversations, Little Bar. Now, your hosts, Patrick Evans and Randy Florence. Welcome to another edition of Big Conversations, Little Bar, the podcast that is taped at the center of the Coachella Valley Universe, Skip Page's Little Bar, uh, who hosts us in the corner booth once a week. We're delighted to be here. My name is Patrick Evans, and I am your co-host along with Randy Florence, who has now officially married more people than most cult members. Wait, what? I, uh, so I'll be moving to Utah in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. uh, Skip wanted edgy. There it is. There it is. I, I assume you're referring to the fact that I officiate weddings. You officiate ah. many weddings. Oh, good, good, good. You, you, you just did one of a, a dear friend of ours. That, was, that sat here and listened to us record one day. And you got another one coming up. you just like, this is just, you're taking money under the table and this is the retirement, right? You know, when you the, look old and distinguished... <laughs> It's pretty old, easy to old, get, old get the job. Extinguished? Jobs. Did you say? Well, that's that's the next step that's for me. It. Hey, real quick, I want to I want to bring something up because we are moving into the what some people refer to here as the silly season, uh, the season in the desert. Uh, and my co-host and partner Patrick Evans is booked about three times a day <laughs> over the next four or five months. You are involved in so many philanthropic opportunities. Uh, first of all, as a member of the Valley, thank you. Well. But how much more do you have coming up just over the next couple weeks? Oh, over the next, I average during the season about three events a week. Wow. Uh, I, this week, we've got an event for Alzheimer's Coachella Valley. We have National Philanthropy Day. We have the Rick Espinoza Awards. And then we have the Vimy Awards, all of which I'm emceeing all of those. And then in upcoming weeks, we have the live stream Thanks for Giving Gala, which is going to be exciting because Melissa Manchester is going to be performing. Oh, I can't wait performing. That. That's yeah. going to be really cool. Um, and then there's a bunch, you know, we get a little break. Usually things calm down between Thanksgiving and Christmas. There's some stuff going on, and then it kicks back. And I've got uh, Hidden Harvest coming up, uh, which is a great charity and I think kind of undersung. But if you look up hiddenharvest.org, they started out by gleaning fields in the East Valley picking up leftover fruit and vegetables that were less desirable and they were then giving that out to those who couldn't and didn't have access to fresh fruits and vegetables. And they started doing uh, free, you know, farmer's markets, essentially. Now, they are also starting a small farmer's program where they're actually gifting the seeds and, and all of the supplies and then the farmers are actually selling the goods back to Hidden Harvest. So they make some money, and Hidden Harvest still gives it all away. That's very cool. Yeah. So well, the Valley is lucky to have a Patrick Evans. So thank you for the this things is, that this you season, do. This season, I call it the free food and booze tour. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I call that a podcast. <laughs> I don't grocery shop basically from October <laughs> until May because it's a, it's a chicken lunch and a, and a, a filet dinner somewhere. I get it. <laughs> My wife is always like, why do you say yes? And I'm like, sweetheart, <laughs> why not? I don't cook. Well, you do cook. <laughs> yes, you do. Well, uh, congratulations on all that and thank you for it. Well, it's, it, you know, I think it's really important uh, when you're part of uh, a television operation, I think it's really important. We used to have to report to the FCC. We had a, a public file. 
and you had to defend your license by demonstrating you did something other than just sell commercial time. So I think it's really important to be involved, and I still think that's really uh, an important aspect of what we do as broadcasters. And as podcasters, I'm really excited about today and our guest because she's been a, a friend of mine and someone I've admired for a very, very long time who is also deeply involved in our community, and that's Kim Waltrip. Yo. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) We've never had anybody come on that strong. (laughs) I'm a little intimidated now. (laughs) Kim, welcome. uh, Well, thank you so much. And uh, Randy, so Patrick was in my first movie, actually. Uh, It's a weird scenario. Uh, Some some guy falls out of the sky and lands on a golf course. And Patrick was so genius because he's standing there holding a golf... um, club and his instinct was when the person hits the ground for him to drop his club i thought that was genius you were natural uh, (laughs) so that was uh it was a movie called adopt a sailor and peter coyote and bb newworth yes were the stars and the premise was they are a couple that's kind of on the rocks but it's a fleet week in new york and they're going to adopt a sailor because you can do that and he comes (laughs) to their home he's played by ethan peck who is gregory peck's grandson Spock on Star Trek. He is Spock on Star Trek Strange New Worlds. One of us was going to make it big. Damn it, it had to be him. Uh, but he's he's really talented. He was a kid when he did that. I mean, my he gosh. Was. He was 29, I think. Oh, my oh, God. wait, no. I think he was much younger. Yeah, I think he was yeah, like he early was, 20s. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he was telling them the story that he jumped out of a plane and his parachute didn't open and he landed on a golf course. And the I was he part survived. of the foursome. Yeah, and he survived. And we were part of the foursome that's watched him fall. But Chuck, the direct Chuck Everett, who wrote and directed that, liked the club drop so much that he actually gave me a credit. So I got my IMDb page from that movie. <laughs> that is so awesome. I am Pete club the Golfer. Dropper. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've, I've seen the, golfer, the reference. That's right. Pete the Golfer. I love it. He's I was looking at IMDb also, and I saw something that I didn't expect to see, which was a credit for an episode of Cheers. <gasps> yes. I think it was my first job as an actress. I mean, I did commercials, but, um, oh, my God, it was so just terrified because they film it in front of a live audience and because I had a small role I wasn't in any of the rehearsals I just was there and they shot it (laughs) and I didn't know anything I didn't know what was going on I was and the director James Burroughs um amazing guy and my scene was with Cliff he had these incredible like he walks in he's like hey i got new sunglasses whatever and so he thinks it's guaranteed uh to pick up chicks and then george wentz character points at me like as a challenge oh, try this he comes over and in and i'm like oh perfect and he's all excited <laughs> but then he turns back around and i put my lipstick on in the reflection of his sunglasses <laughs> <laughs> So that's that was awesome. my big my big role. It was awesome. It so was that so was your, much fun. That was your acting debut. Yes. Uh, but you'd been modeling and doing commercials yes. before that for, right. for a fairly... For a long time. Yeah. 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 So I talk about how that all started. Well, I started in New York. I won this contest that Wilhelmina had, Wilhelmina Models. Uh, she was going around the country looking for girls. And I had no experience. Again, I had no experience. And I entered this contest on a whim. And I won. And I was so shy, you guys. My nickname was Bashful. I, I was, I really, I was so shy. I had never been anywhere, never been on a plane. And all of a sudden, I was on a plane January 3rd. It was 19. 
this was 1976. I was on a plane in the middle of winter in New York. I get off the ground. I took the red eye, get off the ground. I'm like, oh my God, there are people in the streets walking <laughs> around. And uh, yeah, so I, I overcame my shyness in about six weeks. You know, New York doesn't stand still for anybody. So, um, Well, if I that was, was like, new for you to see, where'd you come from? Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. And you hadn't was, seen any of that in LA, huh? Oh, no, no. Way back when. I'm really old, you guys. So way back when. Nobody went outside after 10. Los Angeles didn't have any people in the streets back then. It was, you were in a car or you were in an office building yeah. or you were in, you behind closed gates. That but it was sense. amazing. I mean, it was such a great experience. And uh, so I stayed in New York four years. Then I went to Europe for four years, traveled around there and worked and got paid. And it was amazing. I've had the best life. I really have. It's been were, awesome. Were you discovered in L.A.? Yes, it was this contest. Yeah. What did I do? There we go. What did I do? There there I, go. I'm messing with my headset here. But you make movies. Um, you know how audio is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels like it's falling off. I think my head's too small or something. Uh, but, uh, talk about some of the, I mean, I mean, the whole experience of going to New York for the first time. Yeah. And even though you came from L.A., the big city, that's still culture shock. New York is so different. Well, yeah, and I didn't come from Los Angeles. I came from Bell. Which is like a suburb of yeah, Los yes. Angeles. So tiny, tiny town. Um, not so tiny anymore. But yeah, so I entered this contest. I won and I was on a plane. I didn't even have pictures, you guys. <laughs> All of a sudden I'm on a plane and I get off in New York. And then I went to, I stayed in my booker's apartment for a while. And I remember that day when I got there, because it was early in the morning. I went into the bedroom and I wouldn't come out. <laughs> I was terrified. <laughs> And I finally came out at dinner time, but it was an incredible experience. Um, New York was different back then. I went to Studio 54 a lot. Wow. It was so fun. And I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs or anything. So, but and it was they, And fun. they let you in they, anyway? So yeah, you're they let the people. models in. It's like the models. <laughs> that it's makes like the sense. party of the Red Sea as I came on in. We'd go. So you're one awesome. of the few people that remembers experiences in Studio 54 <laughs> since you weren't yeah, doing exactly. it. Well. <laughs> exactly. You can tell us what really went on. <laughs> now, before you got discovered... What did you think you were going to be? Well, what, where was your head? What was your plan B? <laughs> what was your plan B? I was a gymnast, and I wanted to be a gym coach. My plan B was, yeah, very different. <laughs> yeah, that is very different. So talk about some of the experiences. I mean, you didn't plan to be a model, then suddenly you're kind of thrust into that yeah, world. crazy. I mean, and... Yeah. And there were a lot of temptations to do all kinds of stuff, and you, and you clearly yeah, resisted but I, that. But I did. I resisted it all. I was really shy. I, I didn't have a boyfriend. I was like, I would just sit back and watch everything that happened. I watched everybody else get in trouble, and then I just avoided that at all costs. But I went to New York when Wilhelmina was alive. Um, this is when Patty Hansen was really big, Sean Casey, Janice Dickinson, Gia. Gia was alive. I rode the elevator with Gia once, and she burst out in song in the elevator, Secret Agent Man. Nice. <laughs> That's what I remember about Gia, except that she was stunning. But, um, yeah, it was a great opportunity. I got to travel the world, and I got paid for it, and I was living out of a suitcase. I think maybe that's why I'm still such an adventurer. Like, I can't sit still. I've got to go. I've got to 
travel. We've been friends for a long time, but uh, and of course I follow you on social media, and I'm amazed. <laughs> like, Where's Kim? Where's Kim she gets now? around, man. Kim <laughs> is on the move. Yeah. Uh, you're all over the place, which I, uh, is great. You know. I know. I love it, and I love to drive. So I drive. Like I, my grandkids live in Aspen, and it's like a 14-hour. You drive. drive to Aspen? I do. I break it up into two days, but I have the best time too. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy everything. All so. right. When you're on the road, what are you? I listen to podcasts. Oh, good. You know, Patrick Evans and that guy, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even listen to it. <laughs> I've listened to several. Have you? Yeah. 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 Just through the introduction. And, right. And then, then, then I like to, I and, listen to the clothes. And when I don't hear my voice anymore. I like to make sure we nail the landing. And then it's like, we're good. Uh, was there like... I mean, you, you you did so much modeling over the years and lots of different ads. But was there something that was a favorite of yours that like, you look back and go, I'm so glad I had that experience? Oof. You know, just the traveling was like, I'm so blessed. And I had an apartment in the south of France as well. I know that sounds very bourgeois. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. <laughs> oh, you know, I had it so casually. You're the first guest to have an apartment on the south of France. <laughs> yes. And it was right above Chanel on the Croisette. Oh, my gosh. Croissant. It was on the Croissant. <laughs> <laughs> it's pronounced Croissant. <laughs> um, but Never correct the guest, Randy. So. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was wonderful because in Europe, you know, everything's so close. You're on a plane. In an hour, you're in another country. Right. And you could go to 20 countries within an hour. So I was on a plane, a train or something. I went to Africa several times, uh, Morocco. I was in Kenya for quite a while. I was there for like a month and a half once. Wow. And then I went to the Isle of Maurice, Mauritius, which is it's Madagascar, the Isle of Reunion, and then Ile Maurice. So I went there. It was fantastic. I, I just, it was all of it. Awesome. The travel was amazing. And me. then you transitioned into to doing acting. Acting, yeah. Yeah, so I did commercials when I was modeling. I did a lot of commercials. I did commercials in Europe as well. Every once in a while you post like some of your modeling stuff and commercials. I, mean, stuff. I don't so shy about it, but, but everybody's like, post more. I was like, no. no it's really no. cool. It's so fun to see the stuff that you did. It's, it's I have thousands of photos. It's so funny. And I was so young. It's crazy. <laughs> I was working all that time. It was just a blessing. It was a great way to live. So let's jump forward. Now you're making movies. And we just talked Isn't about the, the very first one that you did, which was Adopt a Sailor with Chuck, Chuck. who is who's incredible. He is. I mean, he's, he's my favorite writer on the planet. Uh, he, he is. Uh, I mean, w- being part of that film, and then but sitting back and watching it and how you guys put it all together was it because... Yeah, it's so funny because... I, did, I didn't know how to produce a film, and he didn't know how to produce film right, or direct He was primarily a film. He was a playwright. S- playwright, right? So he brought me the script. We, our kids went to St. Margaret's school together, and he said, hey, you want to make this movie? I was like, sure. Um, and we just kind of figured it out. We're like, um, I think, <laughs> I mean, as an actress, I know, okay, he's the director. And back then, Google wasn't so big. Like, you couldn't just Google, like, who do I need to hire on set? Um, so we just kind of figured it out. We were all wearing a lot of hats. What year? 2007. You, 2000, wow. Yeah. Wow. And were there people in town that you could go to for advice or experience? Ow. You were it. No, we, yeah, we invented <laughs> you it. You built it. <laughs> you guys did. You really did. Uh, I mean, I was just thrilled. I mean, you, you pulled a lot of locals in to, to do things like stand around on the golf courses and, and stuff like that. Yeah, and also, like, we hired Susie McDonald. She was our... 
production coordinator, I think. I can't remember <laughs> back then, but we hired a bunch of local people that we found. We're like, oh, you do hair and makeup? Oh, we need to hire you. So that kind of happened. We brought... BB came to the table because she had done a staged reading of the short play. And so Chuck had her in his pocket, which was nice. And then BB is the one who said, hey, anybody love Peter Coyote? We're like, uh, yeah. So Peter read it and he loved it. He says, like, I'll work for peanut butter sandwiches because the dialogue is so brilliant. And he's like, I'm in. So he didn't even care if he made money. <laughs> so, but it was so funny because I was so naive at the time. I'm calling CAA. Hey, we want to hire this actor for like no money. <laughs> I was so confident. And they're like, uh, who are you? What? <laughs> Click. Click. Uh, <laughs> Actually, everybody was really kind. So we did it, and we, we it was it was awesome. It was still no, out there. The the finished product turned out beautifully. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and of course, BB's an incredible actress. Peter Coyote has one of the most distinctive. Yeah. And listenable voices. Right. I yeah, just, he narrates a bunch of stuff, and yeah. you can't miss him. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, was, it was cool to be just you know on set for a couple of days with that film. So how many films have you officially made now? I have no clue. You I haven't kept... Think, the, no. I, maybe, maybe 30. Wow. Wow. I think, I don't know. I'm involved with a lot of stuff, too, just on the periphery like people will call me hey can you get in touch with so and so and I'll help them do this and that whatever but it's it's fun it's a great community everybody's very helpful I wish we could get back to work though because the strike's like yeah (sighs) so let's talk about that what's the impact been for you well we have a film and I I can't tell you what it is but you guys would know the subject matter because she's from here yes and um, I think I talked to you about that, didn't I? Anyway, uh, so we can't, <laughs> no, no, we can't you do anything because we can't hire any actors. And, and this film is contingent on the one before it going. And that one can't go because they can't hire any actors right now. So it's put everybody on hold. And I just feel bad that everybody's out of work right now. It's just, but I think they're going to the table again today. Hopefully. Well, I just did an interview with Anthony Rapp who is part of the negotiations. Oh. And, uh, what did a, he say? Any insight man, there? Can you drop the news? Yeah. Can you tell us? <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't talk a lot about it. We talked about his performance at Oscars. You oh, know, he's, wow. a, he's a great Broadway guy and also appears in Star Trek, but that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> and he hasn't been on the show yet? We talked about it. We talked about it. Um, but, I mean, he just says it's really tough going. And I really kind of thought once the writer's strike... Yeah. resolved, there would be some momentum, but it, it seems like this too. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's so complicated. You know, the streaming platforms just changed everything. Everything. Really everything is different. And, and the AI, AI. thing is, no. I mean, to me, that's a no-brainer. No, you can't use someone's no, likeness for it. Of course not. I mean, like, that's got to be iced out. I know. It, it's a hard no. It's I mean, a hard as someone no. who makes his living yeah. you know, appearing on television, right. it's just like a hard no. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that just shouldn't be... So, allowed at all. Yeah, I mean, I know it's more complicated than we s- seem to think it is, so hopefully it gets resolved soon and everybody's back to work. Well, like the first time that I met you, 2013, I was part of a group, group called Leadership Coachella Ballet. Oh, yeah. And you came in to speak with us. And I was pretty new to the ballet. I remember going home that day and telling my wife, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. I met this 
famous film producer <laughs> today. And then the next week we met some famous um, director at KESQ, Mike Stutz, the following month. So all of that was really, really cool. But you hadn't been in the, when did you come to the desert full time? I came here in 1998 after the death of Sonny Bono. With, and you followed Mary? Yeah, well, um, I came out the week of the funeral um, to stay with Mary, and then at the, at the end of that week, she said she was going to run for his seat in Congress, and would I help her? And Mary was like, here with Sonny. <laughs> they lived here. Sense, they were married. <laughs> they were married. So. <laughs> they lived here. They were married, they here. yeah, and they lived here. So <laughs> so at the end of that week, I, she asked me to help her run, and I was like, sure. I didn't know what that meant, but... So I moved in with her for a couple of months, and we were on the road doing events. They called it Thumb and Louise. We were on the road just event How after event after event. <laughs> yeah, no one drove a Rickleth. Much more positive. <laughs> oh, good. You're but here. Yeah, so that's that's how I got here. Well, then uh, then she won, and then she said, "Come work for me," and I was like, "Okay, I'm good at saying okay." Like Chuck brings me a script. Okay, so um, so yeah, that brought me here, and I was a little nervous. I'm like, "What the?" am I going to do in Palm Springs? But I love it here. This community is amazing. Don't you love it here? Oh, I've been here tw- not quite as long as you. I came in 2002. So Okay, right after. Yeah. yeah. And we met fairly early on. Uh, I was a newbie. And we, uh, there was a party we met. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many parties. <laughs> One of those so things. So many parties, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, once you get... I mean, when I first came to the desert... In television, I thought, okay, it's a small market. I'm going to hang out here and, and then see what... Right, move on and then to like, something well, bigger. Why it's would like, I why go somewhere would I, go? I know. But I had a very lucky introduction to the desert because I worked for Jackie Lee Houston, and she was involved yeah. in so many things. Right. It helped. So, Randy, you know, when you started talking at the beginning of this podcast about all the stuff that I do, most of that is a, a legacy of Jackie Lee because she introduced me to so many organizations, and when they needed an MC. She said, well, call some, I own a TV station. Call one of those TV people. They'll do it. And that's that's how I ended up getting... And that's that. how I met you. You won't remember it, but early on after I got here, you were emceeing some big event. And that was another time I went home and told my wife, oh my God, I got to meet the MC from this event. He's the coolest guy. I know, guy. Patrick. It's like, oh, Patrick Evans is here. Well, you know, I came from a city of a million people. and so you Where'd you come from? San Jose. So oh, you wow. didn't really get to know sure. anybody. Yeah. And here, you got yeah, to know, you know everybody. everybody in three and it was like 10 years so. later before you realized it really wasn't any big deal. Yeah. You know, but, but it was fun. But now here we are doing a podcast. And here we are doing now a podcast together. So 30 plus films. Talk a little bit about So you kind of made the mold with Adopt a Sailor or at least <laughs> figured out the path. <laughs> the template. Well, yeah. So the, here's the cool thing. There's a lot of cool things about that, but just learning how to do it. And also I learned a lot just as a producer, like there was nobody to go pick up equipment in LA. So I would go pick it up and then I knew how much everything cost. So I really got to see from the ground up how it all came together. Um, So I think that was important an important education. And, And the great thing is we're doing this with women in film as well. You've done something really, I think, um, transformative for the organization. Yeah. And that's the Filmmakers Lab. Exactly. 
Uh, I, I love this. I know. It's so awesome. So we're doing what I did. We're teaching people how to make a movie by making a movie. By making movies. Yeah. So our filmmakers lab, they're all involved. Everybody switches positions on every short that we're doing. We're doing short films right now because we can't afford the, we, big, the big stuff. We had uh, Brooke Berry on. Oh, yeah. Brooke. She starred in our last mm-hmm. one. The Splendor of You. Splendor of You. The Splendor yeah. of You. And uh, I, I know when she read the script in Carolyn... Malashko wrote, wrote, wrote that script, yep. and I, Carolyn was the producer of Eye on the Desert That's for right. probably a dozen years. Uh, I know her very well, but uh, what a beautiful piece of writing. I know. And it's I know such that, a great message. Yeah, yeah. and Brooke felt very close to the script for yeah. you know stuff that had gone on in her life. Right. Uh, and, and that was a terrific piece of short film work. Yeah, thanks. We think so. But and everybody, <laughs> everybody wore all of the different hats. I yeah, everybody wore different hats. Well, we tried to give specific hats, <laughs> but um, and Skip, we we shot at Skip's house, so Skip he gave us the that, location, yeah. right? And Skip, we was watching. He was so cute. He was so helpful and just awesome. And did Kate co-direct? No, Kate, uh, Patty Grabo co-directed that one with me, right? Kate co-directed two others. Um, but what was Kate on this one? Kate did product placement. I mean, we had we had a full crew. Um, yeah. So yeah. So and everybody switches. Like ah, uh, you know, I didn't like wardrobe on the last one. I'm gonna try props. <laughs> but it's great because they get experience in all departments. You know. Well, I, be, because P-Swift has done such a great job, and you've always managed to bring in very influential movers and shakers to do workshops and and speaking events. But the idea of immersing people in the process yeah. is so important because it's, so cool. it's it you know until you've been on a set yes and and done it, mm-hmm. it it's you know it's not an academic inve- endeavor when you're when you're no. actually doing the process exactly and I tell people don't go to college for this don't <laughs> I didn't say that out loud did I, I tell people that all the time about television too. I know just do it just go do it just take that money go make a movie I always tell kids. If you want to be in television, major in history, major in yeah. political science, major go. in something that teaches you something about the world. Life, yeah. We can teach you the television part of it. Right. You don't need to major in in mass com or or you know journalism and tele- we, like that is yeah. easier. Exactly. Learn something. If I were right. a news director, I would hire exclusively people who didn't have journalism degrees. Oh wow. So the message that's from us is don't go to college. <laughs> no, that's not the message. <laughs> no. You didn't go to yeah, college. It worked for me. It I worked, worked for out 30 days. You, you, you did go. I graduated right. early. <laughs> <laughs> way, 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 way early. early. Fresno City <laughs> College Fresno's, alum. We were Rams. We were the Rams. Yeah. The, you know, Fresno City College should sponsor our podcast. Brought to you by the Rams. Yeah, if I can find anybody there that speaks English, I think we could probably do that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Send your cards and letters to <laughs> Randy, Randy Florence <laughs> at bigconversationslittlebar.com. What a great title. I love that title. Uh, cool. Big well, we've, we've had some, I think, really big conversations. And always a little bar. It's always, always it's a, a little, little bar. Actually, what's really funny is, and I think you'll appreciate this as a producer, <laughs> but Randy always says, to, not always, but frequently would say, we should do... A remote, 
And I'm like, we are. We, we are. Like, that, that is what we do. I'm the guy that doesn't know anything about what we do. Like this uh, well, this it is feels remote. Like home, so it's not remote for you. This is your home. And if it yeah. wasn't for me, these guys would have nothing to laugh at when I make a recommendation about hey, something. This bar has the best hamburger in town, don't you think? We've Absolutely. talked about that from oh. the beginning. When this bar opened, it had the best $7 hamburger in town. Mm-hmm. And is Despite it still $7? every no, it's nine. It's eight fifty, I think, for right. the cheeseburger. But right. well worth it. Still, yeah. the best bargain. To, and so, best tater tots too. Oh, just, well, well, we're pretty certain that we've increased uh, attendance here so much that <laughs> Skip yeah. felt like he could just Raise keep raising prices because yeah, yeah, people yeah. are coming anyway. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, it's actually to deter. <laughs> like he's getting to the point where he's like, I gotta <laughs> keep, keep them out. <laughs> really, how do I keep these people out of here? So within um, the, the the movie making process. What's your favorite role? What do you enjoy most? I love directing. Do you? I seriously do. So I have to be busy and it's a lot of work, but I could, I love editing as well. Like if I could be an editor my whole life and just sit in a room and make stories on a machine, I, I, I love it. I love editing, but directing, yeah, I love directing. But but those are the two, I think they're, aside from perhaps the writing aspect, it, the directing and editing of a film are the two most important most components. Important. Well, uh, the writing. Yeah, I, you got to start yeah. with, with a great script. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I look at, and I'm not calling people out, but if you look at a movie like The Irishman, yes. Martin's, I mean, it's way too long. They sort of gave him carte blanche, and it wasn't well edited. Like, I think editing helps really tell a story because as a director, I think the tendency may, maybe for some directors, I think, is to overshoot. And the editor then yeah. is, the job is to take right. all of this. And make it cohesive yeah. and understandable and whatever. And also, you know, films are subjective. So The Irishman, I absolutely loved every frame, every moment, every minute. Is that right? I loved it. It took I, me a month to watch it. Did it really? Um, and I've heard that from other people, but I just, I got in it. But, you know... It's hard to sit down nowadays and, and spend three hours in front of, you know, wherever you I'm are I'm trying watching. to go to Killer Moon, and I'm trying to find a time where I could sit down for three and a half know, hours and to watch a movie. And that's a shame because, I know. And I love going to movie theaters and having popcorn and watching the whole thing. So, yeah. I, I loved it. Sorry. Do you it's still go to movies? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yes. All right. This is a whole different podcast. The pluses and minuses <laughs> of the Irish. <laughs> no, they were great. For, like, De Niro is, is riveting in virtually every I thought Joe Pesci was incredible in the Irish. I mean, like, yeah. his, his role was fantastic, but it's a little long. I, I felt like it could have used more judicious editing. Yeah, well. But I can understand why you like both of those but, roles, because it, it, it's so important in the storytelling. It is. And, and you know, you're, you're probably correct that it would have been more interesting to a lot more people because, you know, people's attention spans aren't just what they used well, to be, but whatever. Well, we're the TikTok nation these days. And, you're, you know, moving a story faster is a little easier for an audience to absorb. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there are films like I did this film called The Disappearance of Ellen Rigby. I don't know if you saw it. <clears throat> With Jessica Chastain and James yes. McAvoy. Yep. And it started as two films. It was his version and her version, which was nobody had ever done that before, right? So that's how we took it to Toronto uh, Film Festival. And it was three hours long because you had her version first and you took a break and then you watched his. So, um, and that movie, <laughs> like, then, then we took it to the Cannes Film Festival 
and Harvey Weinstein picked it up. Mm. And um, but then they put out a a them version, so they combined it for that very reason, because it's like people wow. don't want to sit for three hours. But to me, it lost the integrity of the whole thing. And I mean, it was beautiful, but you really you had to tell people hunker down, don't don't. You just have to be patient and get into it. So. I don't know. It just—it's well, subjective. It—it it, it is totally subjective. Um, it is. Talk about working with a talent like Jessica Chastain. Well, she's phenomenal. I mean, just phenomenal. <laughs> Gosh, and when she came out, she had done like, like five films back to back. I think she did Terrence Malick's the, tr- what was that? Life Tree of Life or mm. something like that. Tree of Life. Yeah. She did that. The Help. Like some other ones, and she just like came. Bam. She's just like in the industry working out so this was this was a film she wanted to do ned benson was the writer director and um he had written it i think specifically for her but she's amazing she can do anything she's you've you've had the opportunity to work with a lot of names that we would go oh my gosh viola davis yeah viola was in there her manager is still a good friend of mine um viola's in there uh isabel huber she isn't there. Croissant. A croissant. <laughs> I don't speak French. So I don't know. <laughs> so do you, ever get in, in there. do you ever get intimidated at all by the, fo- was there a point in your career where you did? I don't, I don't know if it's intimidated, maybe a little gobsmacked, a little like giddy, like, oh my God, Bradley Cooper's there, you know, whatever. Uh, I would But do then that they're too. like just normal people. And after a while, you're just like, whatever, can you show up on time? And then you become a producer. We're and, working here. Yeah, we're working. Um, but it's nice because when you're on location, you know, you become a little family too. So you, it's just all, it's so relaxing. I heard Jason Bateman say recently that he thinks the two most important things are for an actor or actress, know your lines and be there on time. Be there on time. That just makes Is that kind of your feeling? Easy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we had an actress not show up. Uh, she showed up like an hour late on one of the films. And so the next day, I had them put her call time an hour early. But she's been around the block. So she, she knew we were going to do that. <laughs> so, so she still wasn't ready. And the driver came to pick her up. She's like, I'm going to go take a bath. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> like, so, oh, it was brutal. So I had to go. I had to call her agent have a little chat and she came to sit she goes who called my agent I was like I did and then she goes were you producing that I was yes. yeah and then she goes come to my trailer and we went in her trailer we had a margarita and I sat in there for like four hours talking to her and it was awesome she was great and she was fine after that some people just they're like dogs they need to pee on things like they need to make it known how important they are <laughs> we had a, a, a earlier guest on who talked about that Mark uh, from Back to the Future and the original Martin Marty. McClure. Martin oh, McClure, Mark, he played. I love Mark. You love Mark. Yeah. yeah everybody. He played Johnny Olsen in the Superman movie. Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> Jimmy Olsen's Olsen Olsen announcer. Bruce, Bruce Springfield. <laughs> All right. It just re- <laughs> CVB. <laughs> Greater Palm Street. You can't ever remember that. We had Scott White from Greater yeah. Palm Street. And Randy said the name of the organization 
easily a dozen times during the podcast, and never once did he get the organization <laughs> right. right. And never once what did, did I say it, it the same. No, uh, Greater Palm Springs, Coachella Valley Bureau. But the graciousness of Scott, he never corrected us. It just, 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 We've just, never heard back from him. That's <laughs> also but true. He never corrected also us. Also true. I think everybody gets it mixed up though, because it's called one thing, isn't it? Like it's called greater? one thing, and it's, and it's technically something. Right. Yeah, there's there's a there's a thing. So um. <laughs> What were we talking about? I don't know. I don't I'm know. Still oh, we're talking about, about Mark that. McClure. Mark yeah. McClure. So anyway, Mark Mark was the uh, brother of Marty McFly. Marty McFly, Michael J. Fox. And was he the one telling us the story about... Who was telling us the story about Eric Stoltz? That was Marty. Okay. It was Mark. Because Wait. Eric Stoltz was cast as Marty McFly. As Marty. And did about 30 days right. of work, and it was not That's good. That's right, and it wasn't working. And Some Bob Zemeckis... Like- so the studio, the story went... From Mark, right from the horse's mouth, uh, was that the studio was really pushing Eric Stoltz. He'd just come off of a big movie, and they were like, we really want you to use this guy. Mask. Right. Correct. But Eric was super serious, and Bob Zemeckis, the director, was directing a comedy. Right. He's, you know, it was it was a science fiction adventure. It was this, it was that. But at the heart of it, it was a comedy. Right. And he's like... This guy doesn't not working. It. Not working. Yeah. So they showed the dailies after 30, and, and the studio even said, okay, yeah. who, who do you late. want? We're going to lose some money here. But. And, and, and Mark said, as soon as Michael J. Fox showed up on the set, the atmosphere changed entirely. Well, because Eric is a method actor, right. so you had to call him Marty. <laughs> Marty. He was Marty as soon as you, you know, like, yeah. it was all just... Yeah. I've never taken acting classes, so I don't, I don't know all about <laughs> all that stuff, but that's... It's so I went nuts. that direction to ask you... Have you had to deal with something like that other than the one actress? Have you had to replace anybody in a film? Uh, crew, yes. And you try to do it early because it really becomes cancerous and it affects everybody and it just brings people down. So you kind of have to nip it in the bud immediately and it breaks your heart. Oh, bad. And then I, one time I had to get rid of a wardrobe person because the actress did not like this person. Ooh. She was so talented, too. And it, oh, I was, was it just crying. a conflict of personality? Conflict of creative, and it was just heart wrenching. Well, Kim's but. not going to talk about it, but John White was originally cast as Pete Devolver, <laughs> the Sailor, and he was, then Patrick he was, took him down, yeah, and locked was, him in a closet. He wouldn't learn his lines, and he wouldn't be on time. <laughs> didn't have his lines, wouldn't drop the putter. It was there was a whole. <laughs> Kept wanting to say, oh, holy cow, I was So it was, it was a fiasco. I mean, sometimes sometimes I've dealt with a couple of tough ones. And you just have to be tough back. Um, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. It's What's the hardest part of the job? Is it dealing with investors or the, the studios? Or what do you look forward to least when you start a project? Oof, all of it. That's a great question. <laughs> Thank you. Let's stop you know, for a moment. It's fun when you when you have a script and you're like, ah, this is so great. Let's go do it. Then you have to find the money, right? And then you have to start hiring the crew and all of that. And there are a lot of people on set. And we had a creative difference on one of my films where it was, it was ugly. <laughs> the cast member was fighting with their director. It was like, it was so brutal. It was, oh, it was so hard. I don't look forward to that. Um, it's just a, it's hard work, and it, my job, like, from start to finish, that's a good year, you know, from from the beginning to the end. But still, 
you know, I'm still doing taxes and stuff for films I did, like Adopt a Sailor and all of those movies. So You'll I still have You'll be getting a 1099 those. soon, by the way. Yes. I haven't gotten any residuals, so I don't know about the 1099. <laughs> Somebody did. So it's just, it's hard. You just have, it has a lot of balls in the well, air juggling a lot. One of, of the things, I mean, and I see this in a newsroom. Every newsroom, I'm not picking. Yeah, it must happen to you, you too. Know, it, I mean, it's just a room full of, of egos, right. you know. And when you're on the set, you've got a, a room, and, and it's not just the actors. I mean, there are a lot yeah, of people it's who crew too. And I've known you long enough. I think I say, you don't seem to function from ego. You seem to function from no. a passion for the project. Yeah. And so I'll bet you're pretty good at solving some of those crises. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I I've. Oof, I'll tell you the last one was tough. Yeah. It was really, really Name drop, go ahead. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> but know. it like was <laughs> It was it was bizarre. I mean it was I really to even today I, I sit back and go, what in the heck happened there? It was and again, it was people's egos got so big, they got so big for their britches, they just were destructive. Mm. And it was just like, uh, do you know who's writing they're signing the check. The checks. They didn't yeah. care. It's like sometimes it blows my mind how people stop thinking. It's like, are you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. you're not paying attention not here. Paying this attention. is a, um, And it's a movie for crying out loud. It, it, We're not solving, you know. <laughs> so what did cancer, you do yeah. right after Adopt a Sailor? What came next? Yeah. So Adopt a Sailor, uh, the next one was Expecting Mary. That was the Christmas That's right. movie That's with right. yes. Clarice Leachman, Elliot Gould, Lenny Kazan, Linda wow. Gray. Linda lives here now. Linda just You moved. need to put Linda on your show. Oh, we were trying to figure out how to get her on. Well, hello. Um, give me another drink and I'll give her a call. <laughs> More water, please. <laughs> More water. <laughs> Drinking water. We can't get names dropped out of her. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah, a we'd great love to have Linda on. Yeah, she's living that, out that here. That was a Isn't great cool? cast in Elliot it was. Gould. It's I mean, cool. as a kid growing up and watching the MASH movie, yeah, you know, and seeing Elliot in that, I mean, like he yeah. was always kind of an iconic actor. Yeah. And then, of course, in, in like the Ocean Eleven films, I know he's just well. A, and then Courtney Cox's dad on Friends. Yes, right? yeah, he did that kind of stuff. Yeah, I just watched awesome. the Friends reunion. The other night, oh, and, God rest Matthew Barry. Yeah, and that's why we watched it, my yeah. wife and I, and uh, Elliot Gould and the the woman who played the mother were yeah. there, and oh. they were just amazing. Yeah. yeah, that was something else. Did you ever meet Matthew Perry? No, no, no. Hmm. So after so expected, I know. Is, uh, yeah, I just. Well, it's just a, he lived a tragic life. He was a guy he did who had everything. Everything. I mean, there's nothing in the world that makes you happier than doing bad things to your body. I mean, go outside, hike a mountain. I don't know. It's easy for me to say, right? Because I love doing all that stuff. But I oh, just, you're a hiker, so you're an outdoor skier, you're, I know. you're just, just an outdoors get outside. woman. <laughs> and have you had productions that were impacted by people that were working on the set that, that were doing drugs? had issues? Yeah. No, we had one crew member arrested for drunk driving. Uh, we had to bail him out on one set. Uh, but not that I know of. Good. I think if for it happened, certain, thank God I Ethan know Peck about was it. doing lines of blow. <laughs> and that's why he should not Ethan, be Spock and so I should cute. be. I, they should recast Because you, you do a lot less than that. Uh, so <laughs> Far less. Far less far cocaine. They have to tape his fingers together to do this. The Vulcan symbol. And I can do it that's naturally. Horrible. I'm just really... 
I'm still bitter. Do you bitter. put your thumbs I'm out or in? It, uh, it's out, technically. Out. 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 Okay. This is the, uh, yeah. Is there, a, the, is there a saying with that? Like live the, long and prosper. Oh, I see. Yes, right. Yeah. And the ouch. Correct, ouch. ouch. And this tape is really sticky. <laughs> and the correct, Where's my cocaine? <laughs> the correct. <laughs> that is totally not true, and I don't want Ethan Peck to sue me for saying that. It's, it's, he's a nice man. He is he's a, a nice. I, a, I still consider him a kid. But I he's know. a grown up. I saw him a couple of years ago. I went to his mom's house for lunch, and he was there with his sister and some wow. other people. And well, it was awesome. It's so funny because I am just a diehard fan, and I watch that show religiously. Yeah. And sometimes I like, I kind of pinch myself. Like I was in a movie with a him. Movie that with is, him. he's so cool. That cool. That's really cool. So yeah, isn't that uh, funny? He was he did adopt Sailor, and I think you're right. I think he was just 21 or something. Yeah, he was in his he early really 20s. Young. Yeah. yeah, he was. A and kid. then he didn't do anything for a while, and then I think he was doing some like campaigns, like as a model or something, because he's gorgeous, and that yeah. voice. Oh my gosh, amazing voice! But then, um, then he got this great gig. So. Yeah, I mean, it's Good a great gig, and I think part of it, part of the casting was the voice, because Leonard Nimoy had such a distinctive. He did, you know, right. yeah. deep, resonant right. voice. And honestly, there been a couple of other people who played Spock over the years. Ethan Peck is a very close second. Oh, I mean, wow. I think he's really... That's really he's cool. And that's really, coming from Patrick Evans. Wow. That, that's, that's, that's about as definitive as it gets. Star Trek and I were born awesome. the same year. I've been... <laughs> we're both 57 this year. But I think year. Ethan also played a young George Clooney in a movie. What was that movie? It was some space movie. Oh, it was the one with uh, with Sandra Bullock. Gravity? No, it wasn't was that it? one. It wasn't that one. Uh, and I can't Did he do a lot of space movies? No. George Clooney? I don't follow his career. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Ocean One? He played Oscar. the young George Clooney, and I thought that was impressive. Like, that, wow. that, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. So, Kim, All what's right, so coming up for you now? What's next? Well, you're yeah, involved. So Let's talk about, you had an Mapta. event recently. Yes, yes. Mapta. Talk about that, because it's... It's something very important to you, it and is. it's Sand really... Valley. Right, Sand yeah. Valley. I know, it's so sad. Uh, Mothers Against Prescription Drug Abuse, um, which is led by Congresswoman Mary Bono, chairman and CEO. See, I feel like I've come full circle, because uh, I started here like I moved here because of her. Anyway, now she moved away, and I'm still here. But uh, so, Mothers Against Prescription Drug Abuse, we advocate against drugs just don't do them. We're preventative, not harm reduction. And it's just too dangerous out there right now. I mean, with fentanyl, and now there's a, a new uh, drug. It's an analog drug. It's called xylazine. And, and so xylazine is not a synthetic opioid. It's just, it's like a tranquilizer or whatever. So Narcan and naloxone, which are the over-the-county over-the-counter prescription drugs you can get to mm-hmm. offset um, the effects of fentanyl. Well, it doesn't work with xylazine. So we just tell people, just don't do just do not do drugs. I mean, you have to do drugs. Like if you hurt your back or something, you're going to go to the doctor. He's going to give you a prescription. It's fine to take them. Don't take OxyContin because that is a god-awful, horrible, addictive drug. Purdue Pharma invented that drug, and they knew how addictive yep. addictive it was, and they paid restitution, um, like a lot of money. But it's still out there. It's still out there. Yeah. yeah. No, it wasn't removed from the market. No, I mean, like, uh, I'm a stepfather to two teenagers. Yes. And I think about this 
every day. Okay, yes. It is so scary. So scary. So scary. All just, it takes is, we say one pill can kill. And it's, I, you know, I don't mean to scare the crap out of you, but I mean to scare No, the crap I, out trust of me. I, I, Everybody I, should have the crap scared out of them about yes. this. I know. So we're on a campaign right now called The Greatest Gift is a Conversation, just encouraging people to talk to their loved ones. And, and there are lots of websites, and ours has it too. We have a, a page for teens called Ta Da. And so what's the website? Abuse. It's called mother, mapta.net. Mapta.net. Drug abuse. Mapta.net. There's a page on there for teens and it also for parents to look to see how to have a conversation. But it's, it's really important. important. You just, even though kids don't want to hear it like that, ah, dad, you're so silly, whatever, say it anyway because yep. they're listening. No, they are definitely. We, we listening. talked to our girls about it, uh, and our oldest is now in college, and you have a lot less control. And I'm like, Whatever you do, uh, yeah. just be don't smart. do that. Just be yeah. smart. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do vodka shots, I can live with that. Right. But please, just steer away. And it's so it's so important. I just had uh, the Coachella Valley spot. We do a spotlight grant for yeah. charities. And there's an organization called Ronnie's House for Hope. And Ronnie oh, yeah. was a, you, I'm sure I you're know. familiar. Yeah. Right. And Ronnie himself passed away from a, a fentanyl uh, overdose, completely accidental. And, and they do great work in the community but yeah their recovery aren't they their recovery and grief right and so what i love about what you're doing is to try to prevent people from having to turn to that yeah save the kids don't do it are are you providing resources for people who may already be in the middle of the problem no that's for other people okay i mean of course we have all kinds of guidance on our website and resources and people to call and you know click on this link and it'll take you to get more information but ours is mostly preventative and making people aware about the dangers because it's just a scary world right now how big is the organization it's small yeah but we're national we're nationally recognized so the board members are kind of from all over the country some in dc uh generally people who experienced something in their some of them have lost people and i lost someone dear to me and that's why i got involved and you know it's just yeah it's the hardest thing for a parent oh yeah it's awful yeah so i mean and it's happening i think the coachella valley it's it's hit really hard here karen divine was giving us some numbers the other day it's just it's brutal so seventy-one thousand people died of fentanyl overdoses in the last year yeah and it's growing and it's growing so what so, about movie yeah. projects? I know everything's on hold until the actors. Yeah, so movies. So I do. I have one, that big one. And then um, we're doing a staged reading of another film that we're going to do. That's going to be in New York at the end of January. We're going to do that. It's hilarious. The script is so funny. And then I'm, I'm dabbling into the reality world with a real estate show with friends of mine who are twins. It's called Twinning. Um, and they're hilarious. They're ex-military. They're so funny. So we're doing that. So we just had a big meeting with those people, and we're going to shoot a sizzle reel and do the whole thing. And Have you considered a reality show about a podcast in a bar? I, know, I mean, how interesting is that? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> It went quiet all of a sudden. If you have to ask the question. (laughs) I know, it got really quiet all of a sudden. Everybody left. I think Skip just closed the (laughs) bar. The power's off. Somebody (laughs) dropped a glass. (laughs) So apparently the answer is no. I think it's no. I think it's a hard no. (laughs) Oh, 
But there's a lot of filming out here now. Yeah. Isn't that great? I mean, and I know you know Christian Sesma. Yeah, he films a lot. Yeah, Mike Hatton. He, Mike Hatton, who's a, you know, we worked together for years. Did you? Oh, that's oh, right, at CBS. Yeah, he was. That's how I met both of you. He was uh, a photographer for us and a right. sales guy for us. He did a little reporting for Eye on the Desert. And then all of a sudden, we were hanging out. <laughs> and he's doing Green Book. Yeah, I know. And he's on, on the stage. Red carpet. At the, you know, yeah, I saw you do that interview. Yeah. It was great. Uh, um, <laughs> that, you know, just, uh, he's a great, in fact, both of those guys are invited guests on the podcast because they are doing, you know, a lot of work out here in the yeah. Valley. And Yeah. I'm actually know. helping Mike with a film right now that he's almost done with, so I'm trying to get him he some just, more money. Just, uh, he's been doing a lot of producing, but he was directing yeah. Yeah. a movie. Yes, he directed this one. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, he's a good guy. He can do everything. He's no, he's a terrific guy. Yeah, he's uh, uh, and his wife works for CBS in That's LA. Right. Christine Lazar, she's an incredible anchor reporter. Uh, I had to report against her here in the Coachella Valley. We worked for competing yes. stations, oh. and that was no fun because she's a tenacious <laughs> reporter. She and Brooke Berry, who were best friends growing up. That's right. They're still best they're, friends. They're like, honest to God, you don't want to have to cover a story competing against either one of them they're like they're like a dog with a bone they won't let it go they're they're, they're incredible incredible journalists both of them yeah how cool is this kim waltrip's on our show kim waltrip is an amazing Aww, amazing person you guys are so sweet I'm, so, I'm sorry it took this long to get here it was you worth it hey, good but things are worth waiting for kim the karma is because i couldn't do two shows i had to cancel twice on you guys i felt so terrible here's the karma yesterday i came here to do the show <laughs> nobody was here <laughs> How did it go? Yeah. <laughs> when can we hear it? Probably better than this, but uh, <laughs> more people listen to that than this one. It's like, like Kim in a bar by herself. <laughs> that sounds like a, That's great a great podcast idea. <laughs> Kim it's in a bar by herself. Kim Conversations, Little Bar. That's that's a much better podcast. Better Conversations, uh, Little Bar. Gosh. Kim, thank you so much. Uh, thank I just, you. I love what it's you're so doing. It's nice to see you guys. In the community, and I just uh, oh, thanks, wish Patrick. you continued success. You, you're, you're churning out some really great product. Thank and, you. And we're available for that movie anytime. Yeah. Let's write a treatment for Randy it. Randy is, uh, you know, he officiates many weddings. So if you have, I think about the priest in Little Bride. Oh, the Omen? No, no, it was not Little uh, Bride. Runaway Bride. No, Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. Princess the Princess Bride. Love. Yeah. Love. yeah. Marriage. 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 <laughs> so if you have a role like that, I think he's your guy. I mean, like, there you he go. is your guy. That's it. And Actually, I think, didn't we try to get you on another film somewhere? I don't know. I'm always available. Okay. I'm, uh, uh, you don't have to talk to my people because I don't have people. I'm, just, <laughs> just I'm his people. Just call him. Yeah, just you're call his people. <laughs> and he will say, Mowage. Mowage. Patwick? Oh. You want Patwick? <laughs> Kim, thank you so much. You're silly. Yeah, thank we, you. We are silly. Thank you. I know. How fun to have a... Oh, we emptied the bar. We just did. They around. all left. <laughs> They all left. Oh. Hopefully the listeners have it. Listen, everyone, thank you very much for joining us for Big Conversations Little Bar. We're here every week with very interesting people. I don't know how we're going to top Kim Waltrip, but we'll try on the next episode. My thanks to John McMullen, our producer, my great co-host, Randy Florence. By the way, if you are looking to get married, he's your guy. I mean, to be the officiant. <laughs> Sorry, hey, Kay. I've officiated <laughs> two weddings. Yeah? So in one day, I married two men. Actually, I did that twice. So, anyway, go ahead. 
But Onward. <laughs> now you'll have to go back now and I listen won't to the ever, end of this show. I won't Can ever officiate Walter another wedding. Interrupt at the end <laughs> of my <laughs> now, By the way, if you also need a female officiant, Kim Waltrip is also Don't available. Call me. <laughs> She's too busy producing great movies. Uh, thank you all very much. And we'll be back next week with another edition of Big Conversations Little Bar. Thank you for joining us for Big Conversations, Little Bar, with Patrick Evans and Randy Florence. Hear our entire library of episodes from BigConversationsLittleBar.com or most major podcast portals. This podcast is a production of the Mutual Broadcasting System.